We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Roadwire Fantasy Football Pod. We're talking gambling for NFL Championship Weekend. Nick Whale and John McKechnie here with you. And we'll keep this one quick, John. Uh, we, we got a busy day. You, you got meetings. I got a flight to catch to, to Arizona to play some golf. Uh, but we had to squeeze this in uh, a day early this week and, and make sure we get our picks on the record. Uh, let's start with the Ravens, man. You're going to be in the house this weekend. I'm extremely envious uh, hanging out with your dad. Like, There's nothing better than going to a big football game with your father. I can tell you that I've been, I've been to a few with my dad. Most of them has been crushing Packers losses. Um, but I think your dad's also much more of a capital F capital G football guy uh, mm-hmm. than my dad. So I'll, I'll ask you, what is your frame of mind going into this weekend for the Ravens and, and how's your dad holding up mentally? Uh, I, I'm excited to be there. You know, I kind of did, did a bit of uh, the, the napkin math on, you know, and, and not to be presumptuous, but if the Ravens were to make it uh, to, to the Super Bowl. Boy, that's going to be a pretty penny. And and us as humble sports writers, um, I, I'm not sure if I could have justified that. However, uh, a quick trip home uh, to luxurious uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and and uh, go, going to the the AFC Championship game that that was much more palatable. Um, so that that figured that that felt like the best way of going about it. We'll just kind of have to figure out the uh, February 11th plans uh, if necessary as they come. But uh, I'm. Sh- I'm pretty sure my dad's freaking out. I'm I'm oddly zen, but I mean, I I was I was honestly more stressed about the Texans game last week at this time than I am about the the Chiefs game now. I think it was it, going in. It just felt like you know all the all the chatter about Lamar's performance in the playoffs, which was you know fairly justified for the most part. I, I do kind of wonder if people were subconsciously putting like the the Bengals loss in the wild card round on Lamar last year. It's like, you, you do remember that was Tyler Huntley. Right. But, yes. um, but, but beyond that, um, I, I think it was huge to, to have the second half that, that Baltimore did and, and really kind of flex their, their muscle. Um, you know, Todd Munkin said after the game, thank God that a football game is 60 minutes, not 30 minutes. And yeah, I couldn't agree more they, they were, they looked completely out of sorts. Right. I mean, it would have, uh, it was a mess the the first half. I mean, the, the punt return for a touchdown, like the, the punting needs to get tightened up a little bit. Jordan Stout, a little bit, you know, when, when you get to this stage of the postseason, you, you do have to get granular like that. And you, you do wonder about like things like, like your second year punter, that type of stuff. But um, I feel overall, I'm, I'm mostly just excited to be, to, to be going up there. 
Uh, it should be a raucous environment. Uh, I believe Stavi, the, the comedian and and now kind of like the de facto celebrity mascot, the our counter uh, to Taylor Swift is going to be in the house. So um, hopefully he can help provide the, the good vibes. And uh, man, it, it's going to be a battle uh, no matter what, though. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, well, let's talk about the betting side uh, of that game. And it will be our first game on Sunday as we do the AFC-NFC alternating. I think, you know, obviously this would have been the late game if the NFL uh, had its way on that. But uh, we're seeing the the Ravens holding pretty steady as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, we'll be interested to see if that line moves at all throughout the week. But like I said, there really hasn't been much you know, over the last, like, 72 hours. It's been three-and-a-half across the board at DK, FanDuel, that MGM points bet, wherever you look total coming in at 44 and a half. We'll start on the total. It applies a relatively low scoring game, uh, you know, a 24, 20 type of situation. Do you think that's the the type of result that we get here? I, I don't think it, if this goes over, it's going to go over by, by a ton, but it, it is important to note that Baltimore has been pretty routinely scoring over 30 points a game at, at home, uh, you know, basically since the, the second half, of the season. So they, they've been great in that regard. And I, I think when you, when you look at the in-game matchups, how the defenses match up against the offenses, um, I, I think that the the glaring issue here would, would be the, the Kansas city run defense uh, versus the Baltimore rushing offense. I think that that, that could really tell the tale as far as uh, when Baltimore has the ball, I'm not expecting Baltimore, even if Mark Andrews is back to have a particularly explosive day through the air. I think there might be a little bit of, of weather, uh, in the forecast as well, not not snow, but a little bit of rain 
uh, going on mid-afternoon in, in Baltimore, kind of a chilly day. Um, so I'm not expecting a huge day out of Lamar through through the air, but, you know, effective enough, you know, kind of akin to what we saw uh, last week. But I do think that the, that the run game is going to be big there. I, and frankly, I, I do think that the Ravens defense is playing at a level where we're, we're not going to see that the Chiefs have that explosive type, type of day on, on offense. Um, I do think that their run game is far superior to what to what Houston was bringing to the table last week. I'm not expecting Isaiah Pacheco to be averaging like one yard a carry uh, for <laughs> outside of his longest run of the day, anything like that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure Andy Reid is going to scheme some things up. But, you know, we've talked about over the course of this entire season where something feels off uh, with, with this Chiefs offense. So I think it's going to come down to their defense and their ability to stop Lamar Jackson on the ground in particular that that is going to dictate not just the outcome, but also the total in this one, but as it stands, my, my lean is to, is to go on the over. Yeah. It's, it's low enough that, you know, you have two pretty good offenses, right? I mean, the, the chiefs are still kind of a question mark, two great quarterbacks, it, you know, 44 and a half does seem low. Kansas city also scored on its first five drives against Buffalo last week. I, I think that's relatively unlikely. And, you know, the chiefs also just didn't possess the ball all that much. I mean, they really only had seven true drives. If you throw out, you know, the one play before the end of the first half, and then, you know, basically the, uh, to just run out the clock drive after the missed field goal late in the fourth. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see, you know, what does that split look like? Baltimore is certainly capable of controlling the clock. You know, I don't know if we get a, another like 37 to 23 in terms of time of possession. I mean, that was extreme. Buffalo ran 78 plays compared to only 47 for Kansas City. I mean, that, that's probably not happening again, but you mentioned it. I mean, I, the recipe for Baltimore is running the ball, right? I, I don't think they want Lamar throwing the ball 35 times in this game. I, I think something has probably gone wrong on the Baltimore side, if that's the case, like the way, the way things played out, especially in the second half against Houston, that's exactly what you want, right? Lamar over hundred yards over, you know, I think he had one 11 carries, you know, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Dalvin Cook, all in the mix. They ran for 230 yards on that Houston defense. Like that is, that is the preferred style for Baltimore. Um, I guess the question is, you know, you're stepping up a level going up against Kansas city, but it's also a defense that has been vulnerable against the run. And, you know, we, we saw that last week, Buffalo 182 yards. They did need 39 carries to get there uh, wasn't an overly effective day for James Cook, but Ty Johnson had his moments. Obviously uh, Josh Allen, you know, ran well. So I, I, I think this is another Lamar type of game. I, I'm of the belief that he's kind of been saving himself this season. I know, you know, part of it is the new offense and whatnot, but I, I, I think he's been very, very selective, like notably selective. And, you know, at times turning down, you know, a free five, six yards to kind of hang around and try to find something through the air. I, I think in the postseason that goes out the window and, and we kind of re re return to the old Lamar Jackson, which, in my opinion, as a runner, that's a good thing for Baltimore. I think so, too. Um, I think he he's maybe lost like a half a step relative to like his 2019 form. But uh, I think he's still about as dangerous of a runner in the open field as there is uh, in the NFL. So, so yeah, I mean, especially with how sticky the Chiefs coverage is, like if it's yeah. not there, Lamar's just going to going to tuck it and, and pick it, pick up uh, some yards that that way. Uh, that, that's obviously, to a lesser extent, a, a big thing with, with Mahomes, too. You know, his ability to extend plays like the, the, the linebacking core and, and the safeties are going to have to really be paying attention to Mahomes because when the play breaks down and he can scramble for, for first down, like it, that's the way that like the Chiefs right now, kind because of, they're not just routinely getting the explosives like that. That's the way that they can possess and, and sustain drives and that type of thing. So they're definitely going to need to keep Mahomes bottled up as well keep him in the pocket uh what say you on over under 64 and a half rushing yards for lamar jackson 
I'll take the over. I, I think to your point, um, he he's more willing to run at this point of the season than he was like, you know, back in September when he had the, the full uh, year ahead of him. And with the way that, that the 2020 and 21 or 21 and 22 seasons ended with him uh, being injured, I, I think that he wanted to preserve himself uh, to your point. So I, I think that he's going to be very active as a runner. And and I know it's going to be very popular. I'm sure the handle on that is going to be, you know, like very, very heavily on, on the over. But yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. Mark Andrews, by the way, expected to return. That was the report earlier this morning from Ian Rappaport. Uh, again, has not officially happened, but Rapp saying he's expected to be activated from IR and play Sunday against the Chiefs. So I think Andrews and the Ravens looking pretty smart for not rolling him out there last week. I think he could have played. You know, I think if last week was the AFC Championship game, I have a feeling he would have been out there. You know, felt like he was trending in the right direction toward the end of the week. But obviously, Isaiah likely, you know, continued to, to step up in a big way. Uh, and they were just fine without him. But it uh, should be a nice boost to get Mark Andrews back. Um, on the KC side of things, you know, I've been looking at props this week, and it's like I just I just kind of zero in on Kelsey and Rice. That's all I really trust in the Kansas City offense. And ultimately, that's part of the reason I like Baltimore to win this game. Is like There's there's the Mahomes mystique, the unquantifiable. He just finds ways to win these games, even when he doesn't feel like he's putting on an all-time performance. Like I wouldn't say last week, you know, there, there, there were all these plays where you're like, man, how do you defend that? Patrick Mahomes. It's like, it was really Josh Allen to me who was making those throws. Um, I thought Mahomes actually had some pretty big misses near the red zone, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs just find a way, man. They do. I, 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 I'm of the belief that this is the week that it runs out. This is the week that they realize our lack of weapons, our lack of trust, uh, you know, in, in anybody other than Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, I, I think it runs out this week. And, you know, we, we saw, you know, kind of the return of MBS last week, had some big catches. I don't know if you can rely on that happening again. And, I think if Baltimore can can just contain even one of those guys, Rice and Kelsey, they're going to be in a pretty good spot here. I think so too. Um, so we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on the, on the status of Marlon Humphrey because you know his, his ability to be out there yep. really uh, boosts the, the secondary. But I, I think you know if you're you're watching particular Jimmy's and Joe's matchup, I, I think uh, anytime that Kyle Hamilton and, and Travis Kelsey are tangling, that's going to be must see football. That Kyle Hamilton is mm-hmm. has really come on in his second year, and Kelsey's Kelsey looked about as good as he's looked all year I thought last week so maybe he in in a weird way has has also saved himself for for these moments I think you're right about that um all right before we talk Lions Niners official pick here against the number are you going Ravens three and a half or are you taking the Chiefs to cover you know all all the numbers say you know just back Mahomes and and good things will happen uh that that obviously tends to be the case John Ewing uh who's a big uh betting data analyst I think for for BetMGM uh notes that Mahomes is uh, eight and three straight up as an underdog, nine, one and one against the spread uh, as an underdog. Also, just like pause. It's insane that they've only been underdogs 11 times like in his career dating back to 2018. That's uh, that's preposterous. Uh, the Ravens have kind of notably not been as great against the spread at, at home. They're, they're 1725 against the 1725 and one against the spread. Uh, at home since 2019, which was the first year that that Lamar took over as the uh, main starter for them. Obviously, some some other some Tyler Huntley uh, mixed in there, but that's just the, the overall mark uh, for Baltimore. But it is important to note that the uh, the average spread in that sample is six and a half, so that we're talking about a much different no- number yeah. at this point. Um, in the end, I think if Baltimore wins, I think they win rather convincingly. If this is a close game, I give the lean to, to Kansas City, but I'm going to say it. I think Baltimore wins this one by a touchdown or more. All right. There we go. For your sake and for your dad's sake, I hope that's the case. 
I'm already on the record on XM taking the Chiefs to cover, but I think the Ravens win the game. I, I'm threading a, a tight needle here, but I think we get nice. a 23-20, 24-21 type of game. You know, maybe maybe a nice little Tucker game-winning field goal. Uh, but I, I think the Ravens find a way to win. I, I don't think it's going to be pretty necessarily. I, I personally would be surprised if they do run away with this game. Uh, again, for your sake, I hope they do. But I, I think Mahomes keeps it close. I think I think it's more of a defensive game. I don't think either team is scoring on five straight drives at any point in the game. So I'll, I'll take the Ravens to to win a close one, but the Chiefs get the cover. Uh, let's do Lions-Niners. Got about 10 more minutes here. Uh, Niners, seven-point favorites, total up at 51. And like the other game, you know, this number has not, <clears throat> this number has not really budged. <coughs> Excuse me, as I completely lose my voice here. Has not really budged throughout the week. Um, you know, I, I think there's kind of two ways to look at this. One is, you know, the Niners showed some some concerns last week against Green Bay. I am I am of the belief that Brock Purdy plays better this week. I think he was significantly impacted by the rain to a degree that I, I did not really expect. Um, of course, we need to, to find out what the status is of Debo Samuel. I think he pushes them from very, very good team to like potentially all-time elite type of team uh, when you talk about the talent on that offense. So that's the the big question mark as of right now. Um, I also could see the Niners just completely rolling the Detroit Lions because I, I, as fun of a story as this has been, I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm like the last person still holding out that I, I just, I still think this Lions team is, is a cut below elite territory. And I think if you had told the Niners before the year, if you had told them in the middle of the season, Hey, the Detroit Lions at home, that's what's standing between you and the Super Bowl, They would absolutely love this matchup. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of the times conference championship weekend, we get one, one good game and one uh, not so good right. game. If, if you told me that, that this was the matchup a week ago um, w- without seeing how the games unfolded this past weekend, um, I, w- I would have been of the belief that, that the Lions were, were in big, big trouble here after, mm-hmm. after Sunday and kind of letting it settle. It was like, Oh, you know, m- maybe the Lions have a chance to, to, you know, stick with them here. And again, that you're just talking about, a seven point spread in this one, but you know, even with the Debo Samuel stuff, I, I think that to, to almost a lesser extent of what I was talking about with, with uh, Baltimore and Lamar in the, in the rough first half, it, it took the Niners a, a full game basically to, to get themselves in gear, but they did in the end. And I, I think that, you know, this is a team that I've felt has been the best in football on the, on the balance of the entire season. I, I know it was a, it was a dicey game last week. The Packers were, were red hot uh, the weather certainly um, wasn't helping yeah. out uh, Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, like you said. Um, but I, I think I, I'm landing back on the side that the, that the Niners take care of business here rather convincingly. I, I think that, yeah. um, that the secondary for the yeah. Lions and the problems that they have um, are going to get a little bit exposed here. I think I think Kyle yeah. Shanahan is just a little bit too masterful uh, against Aaron Glenn and and uh, you know what what is a pretty shoddy secondary I'd say overall for Detroit. Yeah, I mean I think. The Niners played on balance like a, a B game, maybe even less, maybe a B minus game last week. If you factor in, you know, how Purdy played and they still won against a Packers team that played pretty well. Um, there were some big things that, that went against Green Bay, you know, not converting the fourth down, you know, a couple dropped interceptions, especially the Savage one early on. And what 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 worries me is that if Brock Purdy makes those same mistakes, I think Detroit is capitalizing. Right. I mean, they're they're like mm-hmm. plus seven on the turnover margin over the last few weeks. I mean, this is a defense that does create turnovers as um, as Swiss cheese as that secondary has been. So I, I think if Purdy's lofting balls out there, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson's not dropping it in the same way that Darnell Savage is. So there, there is a chance here for the Lions, I think, to jump out to a hot start. 
I also think the the lack of home field for Detroit can't be overstated here. I mean, they have had a massive, massive home field advantage each of the last two weeks. Uh, huge win over the Rams in the wild card. I got nothing to say about that. Nothing against Detroit. I mean, I thought the Rams were winning that game. That was a huge, huge win. I think they lucked out getting Tampa Bay in yep. round two. And, and you know, and I was a little concerned. You know, like there were a couple times where we felt like the Lions put that game away in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, you know, Tampa Bay rallies back. They're hitting big plays through the air. And it's like, man, if, if Baker Mayfield and Kate Otten are doing that, what is Brock Purdy and, and George Kittle and, and Brandon Ayuk and potentially Debo Samuel, what are those guys going to do? Um, and, you know, the other thing with San Francisco, for as many things as went, went wrong for them, like the explosives were still there against Green Bay, right? I mean, you still saw McCaffrey running through tackles, ripping off big runs. You had the big one to George Kittle in the first half. Like it wasn't as much of a complete, you know, top-down disaster, I think, as it seemed at times for the Niners. And I, I also love the belief that I don't think they play that – that type of game twice in a row, right? Like that was the spot where they, they should have gotten tripped up, right? I think Green Bay should have won that game. San Francisco probably realizes that. I don't think they let their guard down uh, again this week. And uh, again, I, I I think the Lions hang in. I don't think we get a, a total disaster here on the Detroit side. I don't think this is like a blow-up game necessarily, but uh, I think Niners at home against a shaky defense that I still don't trust. And I know the Lions have been very good against the run. The, the, the numbers on, on balance this season have been much better than you'd think. I just I don't know if that applies against San Francisco, man. Christian no. McCaffrey, those guys, it's it's a completely different beast going up against the Niners, especially after facing the Bucks last week. I mean, this is a huge, huge jump in competition. So if I if I have to go one way or the other on the seven, I'm taking the Niners to cover. Yep, uh, I'm I'm with you there. Um, you know, I I think there is the the possibility that I'm not expecting. I'm I'm kind of with you where where this isn't a blowout, but I, I think if there is blowout potential, it's it's obviously on on San Fran, San Francisco's. Uh, side here and I think uh, do have a little bit of concern about uh, Jared Goof uh, showing up and and you know having the, those wacky turnovers that that you know ultimately get capitalized on uh, by San Francisco mm-hmm. so a little bit worried about that we'll, we'll see if Detroit sticks to the ground game at, um, much because I, I do think that Jameer Gibbs can, can be kind of a, a big x factor um, in this one uh, Montgomery kind of the the hammer um, but yeah I Overall, like I want to see this game be, be really close and competitive. And, and the Lions, are, are again, are just such a fun story. But the Niners have just – they've been in this spot so much. I, I think they punched their ticket to the Super Bowl, and I think they do it by, by more than seven. They have been in this spot, and they've come up short. You know, And that I, I think that's what you know, Niners attractors would tell you. But I, I think this is a better version. This is the best version I think we've seen of the Niners. And that goes all the way back to even those Kaepernick teams, right? I mean, this team is – it's, it's the most talented team in the NFL. It's been the most consistent team in the NFL when healthy, like you said. Um, I do think if Debo's not out there, though, that does that does matter. Uh, you know, it's obviously they have other playmakers, but that uh, that takes them to that almost untouchable gear at times when he's right. And, you know, I, I think a big part of the reason why Green Bay was able to hang around is they didn't have to worry about Debo Samuel for virtually the entire game. I mean, obviously he ended up going out with the shoulder, but even before that, he was being evaluated for a concussion. I think he only played something like nine snaps. So, you know, I think that's the player that you're most worried about, maybe other than McCaffrey on this entire team. And for the Packers, I mean, that had to be a pretty huge sigh of relief. You know, five minutes into the game, you're just like, all right, we don't have to worry about this anymore. Right. Um, but I guess the uh, the sort of counterpoint to it as it, as it comes for, for this week is like San Francisco, they went into last week prepared to use a lot of Debo Samuel. And then that got, yeah. you know, kind of t- taken off the table for them. This week, they, they know that at best, they're going to get a limited version of him. So I, I would imagine that, that Shanahan is getting things, you know, kind of adjusted accordingly in the event that, that Samuel is limited or out. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, anything you like on the prop side of things? I'm looking at St. Brown 
you know, the, the over 83 and a half receiving yards is tempting. Although you, you look at a lot of the big plays that the Packers had last week, it's like defenders were falling all over the place for San Francisco. I think there was a decided uh, cleats advantage for the Packers. Um, you know, not, not that they, it, obviously the offense was, was humming and they were running the ball better than I expected, but I don't think you get, you know, good, good secondary players just on the ground as much this week necessarily. So, um, you know, that, that's something that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, but I, Detroit just doesn't really have a whole lot other than say Brown to me, that's, that's kind of the one big hole on what's otherwise a, a very talented roster and one that's going to keep getting better. And, you know, obviously they, they found ways to use Gibbs as a pass catcher and that's helped offset the fact that they don't have a true number two, but they, they need Amon Ross St. Brown to have, you know, well over hundred yards in this game, I think to have a chance. So I, I think we, we get a funnel there. I don't even mind, you know, the over on seven and a half catches, but I, I would take the over on 83 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask about the receptions in particular because I-, I think that that one is a little bit less game script dependent. Like I, I think yeah. either way, Amon Ross St. Brown is getting double digit targets, and I think he's reeling in a, a really high percentage of them. The, the yardage I think is a little bit more um, in line with you know how well San Francisco is able to keep a lid on him and 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 limit that yards after the catch uh, for him because he's not necessarily like a huge downfield guy. Um, but I, I think regardless, he he gets fed. So that yeah. the over on the, on the seven and a half, um, which I believe you can get at, pl- at plus money um, yeah. over at BetMGM and DraftKings, I, I think that 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 would be uh, my preferred mm-hmm. option of targeting that one. I think we also get another Kittle game here, especially if Debo doesn't play or if he's limited. And even if Debo's out there, like he's the number one guy who's liable to get hurt in game, right? I mean, he's 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 unfortunately in that basket of guys that even when he starts the game, you're like, all right, just crossing your fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, we talked a lot last week about Green Bay being terrible against tight ends. I think the George Kittle breakout was predictable. Detroit's better. They're not a whole lot better. I mean, they're bottom 10 in just about every you know defense first position metric against tight ends. They're allowing about 7.8 yards per target. Uh, only a handful of teams allowed more total targets to tight ends on the year uh, in terms of just bulk yardage. You know, they're 27th in the NFL. So, it, you know, I, especially if they're selling out to stop Christian McCaffrey, if they, if they want to try to control that first and foremost, and if Debo's not out there, I, I, I like the over on 59 and a half receiving yards for Kittle. And I, I think we'd be interested in the anytime TD. Yeah. I, I like the, I like the touchdown call as well. And and I think uh, I, you if, if the conditions are a little bit better for, for Purdy to not be affected by the weather, I think the downfield mm-hmm. passing game gets a little bit more featured. So I, I would also take a, a pretty close look at uh, some yep. Brandon Ayuk stuff and, uh, not sure if I'm going to dabble f- far enough down into the well to, to touch anything Juwan Jennings related though. All right, so it sounds like we're both leaning Niners minus seven. We are. All right, I'm taking it as well. I'll go over 51, too. I, I think the Niners pull their weight here. I think they, I think they score in the 30s this week. Um, again, you know, you go back to last week, and it's like nothing really felt like it was going right for the Niners until late in that game. They still put up 24 points in a game where they struggled to move the ball for the most part. You know, Green Bay won the possession battle. That They won the – um, you know, the, the, the plays battle, uh, San Francisco was, you know, had a slightly higher yards per play, but I, I think we get a much better version of the Niners this week. And I think Detroit puts up points as well. I mean, this could be a 33, 24 type of game to me. I, I my lean is, is the under, I'm a little bit okay. more concerned that, that the lions hold up their end of the bargain on, on the scoreboard. So I think that the, this ends up being, you know, it's going to be close to, to that number. It's what 50. 51, uh, 51, depending on 51. So, yeah, I, th- I, I worry that that the that the Lions kind of cap out at at, at 20 or, or potentially even 17 if the Niners really um, do hem things in defensively. All right. 
There we have it. We are on the oh, – I'm on the Kansas City Chiefs. You're on the Baltimore Ravens. We are both on the 49ers to cover that seven. We're split on the total. John, glad we were able to squeeze this in. Wish we could talk a little bit more. I know you got to run. I got to run as well. But best of luck to you this weekend, man. Uh, Molly asked me the other night, it's like, who are you rooting for now that the Jags aren't in and, and the Packers are eliminated? Pretty easy answer, man. I'm rooting for the Ravens. I want to see my guy. Much appreciated that, you know, we need everyone on this wall with us uh, this weekend to, to stop the Taylor Swift uh, propaganda. No, <laughs> um, I, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I, I'm all the things, but uh, I appreciate it. I'm gl- glad to have you aboard there. There is uh, space on the bandwagon. I, I made sure to, to save for you. And uh, beyond that, uh, hit him straight out in Arizona. Enjoy, man. Will do, man. Uh, Will do. I'll let you know how it goes, and we will talk next week. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. Best of luck to everybody listening along. You can find this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, archived on YouTube, and always live on our Twitter accounts as well. John, enjoy the game, man. Talk soon. Cheers.